The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. We're also presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We're also sponsored by CollarElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. We're also in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape when you use promo code JKPODCAST. You can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. As always, I am Big Joe. I'm Carl Carafel. All right, another week has come and gone in the professional wrestling world. Carl, this week is going to be a little bit different. We are going to go sans WWE this week. This is going to be purely AEW double or nothing conversation this week. And we have to do this because this is a huge turning point in the world of professional wrestling right now, people. If you have not seen All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view that happened, do yourself a favor. Find it and watch it. You will not be disappointed. Absolutely, Carl. But before we get to that, we want to take a little bit of time to just say thank you. Not only to Podbean, our... um, our they're, they they host our, our episodes every week, you know, with, with um, on, on the back end with, through the internet and whatnot. Uh, thank you to them for featuring us for the majority of this month, and thank you to the to the new followers and who have not only decided to follow our podcast, but they are also listening to uh, all these new followers are listening to the, the new episode. So it's been fantastic. And like I said, you know, thank you to Podbean and thank you to not only the existing listeners and followers that we have, but to the new ones. Seen some incredible growth with this podcast, Carl, and it's, it's exciting. It's kind of right alongside, you know, what's happening with AEW. It's almost like a, our kind of thing here where we kind of started off being just another kind of moving part in a larger machine where we didn't have much control and we've gone on our own and now it's like we're forging our own path and it is working. And it's exciting to see this new growth and uh, feeling rejuvenated. This is definitely something that we've gone through and done as part of a... <clears throat> Uh, love of the business for ourselves and just something that we did for us. Mm -hmm. We wanted to get out there and kind of throw our hats and our names out there into the podcasting world. Or in the beginning, for those of you who were new, we were part of internet radio for a while. And we broke away from the internet radio to do things on our own. And we have definitely thrived. We have, as mentioned in the beginning, partnered up with the gorillaposition.com as well as the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And just being part of those two networks alone, the Roar Network from Gorilla Position and the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, we have seen significant growth. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone, not just the new listeners, 
but the ones who have been with us from the beginning and have supported us all the way through. Without you guys, this would not be possible, and we are so thankful. Very well put. I couldn't have said it better myself, Carl. Okay, so let's get to, to the main event here. We got, we got quite a bit to cover. There's a lot that happened on this show. So to kick things off on the pre-show, we had the Casino Battle Royale. So for those who are WWE kind of regulars, this is essentially, it's a, it's a battle royal. It's uh, similar to the Royal Rumble, except with a little clever twist to it because this was being done at the MGN, MGM sorry, Grand Casino, which they've actually sold out. So maybe I should make note of that too, that you know they've held huge boxing fights. They've held big UFC events there. This is the first thing to actually sell out the MG Grand, MGM Grand Garden Arena. That right there is very, very significant, Carl. And it was a sellout in approximately four minutes when... <laughs> Tickets went on sale right. four minutes till sell out. Man. It was phenomenal to see that. So what uh, they what they did here with this battle royal is, like I said, because it was being done at a casino, they basically broke it up into groups of five and then assigned a, a suit to each one. So we had clubs, diamonds, hearts, and spades. And then we had a joker, which would which was the last kind of unknown surprise entrance. So in that first group, uh, was the clubs. We had Dustin Thomas, uh, who's uh, also known by his nickname, Dustin No Legs Thomas. We had MGF, Sunny Days, Brandon Culler, and a lubed up Michael Nakazawa, who uh, decided to do the, the baby oil approach. And uh, there was some fun stuff in that first group. And I got to say, right off the bat, MGF, okay, MJF, sorry, I'm going to call it MGF, MJF, they are really positioning him here as one of the top heels in this company. And they did a fantastic job, not only here, but throughout the show. And that's something that we're going to get to a little bit later mm. in our talk with uh, MJF. Um, but yeah, like they're they're really letting this guy go out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a young guy. Yep. He really is. He's 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 a young guy in the business. Uh, been around the business for a little bit. Knows what he's doing. Can really work that crowd and is is doing very well for himself. And it's nice to see uh, AEW allow him to shine at what he does you can really tell that he is a student of of the of the business so you can tell that you know he's watched you know some of these old school heels work the crowd when you can tell that he's very much a student of it and he does it so well it's it's a pleasure it, it, it might sound strange to some me praising a, a heel character but damn he does it so well you can't not uh, appreciate it yeah. in the in the next group of the, the diamonds we had isaiah cassidy jimmy havoc Joey Janela, Brian Pillman Jr., and formerly the Perfect Ten, Sean Spears. Another really, really good group of guys there. And Pillman Jr. was a name I was definitely not expecting. Really? Did not see that coming. Well, I mean, this is a showcase of the best of the best that is out there today. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at you're going to start seeing some of these names that mm-hmm. you're not too familiar with, but you will know <laughs> that they are somebody that is making huge waves in the world of independent professional wrestling. Yeah, like this is just 
that was phenomenal. It's a very diverse list too. Even as we start going through the next group here with the hearts, we have Billy Gunn. Of course, if you're a WWE fan, you're very well aware of who he is. Glacier from a WCW infamy, I guess you could say. Jungle Boy, which is, uh, he is very entertaining to watch. Mark Qu- uh, Quinn and Ace Romero, the big, big dude uh, in this match here, uh, who's actually eliminated by Jungle Boy, believe it or not. Um, then we had the, the Spades group. We had Luchasaurus. Uh, if you haven't seen him, uh, you're in, definitely in for a treat. Um, if you um, haven't seen this match, uh, go and watch this. We have a little dude, Marco Stunt, in there, Sunny Kiss, Tommy Dreamer, and the last guy before the Joker, we have Orange Cassidy, who had a moment with Tommy Dreamer. And this is going to be kind of hard to do this without you guys seeing video when you're listening to us, but he essentially got into the ring. He stands there with his hands in his pockets. Okay. And he just does the like kick to the shins very like, and then he goes very gingerly back and then very gingerly super kicks uh, <laughs> Tommy in the, in the shin. And then Tommy just levels him and then Orn Cassie gets right back up again, gets tossed out. I think it's maybe like 20 seconds there, the whole exchange. Um, like I said, just there's, so much diversity in the talent here, Carl. There, there's like, there's almost every type of character that you could possibly have in wrestling in this match. There is, and it's, it's <laughs> awesome to see. It's awesome to see that that not only that the young are being showcased, but yet older and names from from the past and names yep. that helped build the industry and the business. I mean, you look at Tommy Dreamer, Glacier, Billy Gunn. These are <laughs> names that helped build the industry in the new generational era, right? So, yeah, to see all of these people, like, coming together to be able to put on an amazing show for us in the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. the very, the pre-show is what this was. This was the show before the show, people, the one that got you hooked. Did they hook us? Oh, yes, they did, because just wait, Mm -hmm. Joe... What else happened? The Joker entrant for the match here, we had Hangman Adam Page. Really great reaction to him coming out, and oh, it was good. They the, the, This match unfolded. Like I said, everybody had a chance to showcase, to, to get their, 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 their stuff in there, and great exchanges with, like I said, a multitude of different types of approaches to the business. You know, we have the old school guys, we have the high flyers, we have the deathmatch guys, you know, like a Jimmy Havoc with the, the staple gun, you know, the, the hardcore stuff with Tommy Dreamer, you know, we, we have the, the over the top flamboyant stuff with uh, Sonny Kiss. I mean, just like, dude, it's like every check mark gets checked off in this match. Um, th- there's nothing here to, uh, like, there's something here to appeal literally to every kind of wrestling fan. That, that's the great part of this whole thing. And this is how you do a battle Royal. And this is how you do a pre-show to get people excited for the main show. That's how you do it. A little jab here with this. <laughs> they put on a professional wrestling show that entertained. Aha. Uh-huh. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. So that wasn't the only pre-show match though, Carl. We also had a nice little showcase with Kip Sabian and Sammy Guerva. Uh, don't sleep on this match either. These two guys, very much a, a felt like a throwback to 
we had mentioned on our previous episode here where they would have the cruiser rate uh, type matches in WCW to, you know, keep the crowd excited. You know, this was right after this battle Royal match and uh, they kept that energy going and go and check this match out too. Don't just, like I said, don't sleep on it. These two guys kept that going, kept the crowd excited names. No, definitely not household names, but they can build on these guys and they can definitely be something special to watch as well. Definitely can be. So, going to the main show, we kicked off with SoCal Uncensored, which is the combination of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus the Stronghearts. These are the OWE guys, Seema T-Hawk and L. Lindemann. Wow. <clears throat> if you thought that the pre-show was good, this really took it to another level. This, I mean, normally you get three-way tag or three-person tag matches uh, or six-man tag matches, as they normally call it. Um, normally, they just turn into shambles. They turn into just a, you know, a huge spot fest, and then everybody's in the ring, and it all, you know, goes to hell. And then somehow, someway, somebody gets a win somewhere, and you're left kind of confused going, where did that come from? There was absolutely none of that with this. They really kept a fast pace, yet took their time to really give us a story inside of that ring. That's something, too, here that can't be understated here. Christopher Daniels, for those who maybe aren't really aware, he is 49 years old, folks. When you watch him work in the ring, he does not look like he is 49 years old. You know, he is a ring general, and he is the, the perfect guy to be in this match and in this situation to kick off the main part of the show, to get everybody excited. And working with these younger talents, oh my God. So well done. Yeah, the guy can still go, even at 49 years old. Like you said, it doesn't look as though he's 49 at all because he is moving just as fast and just as good as these younger talents. And what was interesting, too, with these OWE guys, um, it very much, the the match kind of unfolded like I wasn't necessarily expecting because what's unique with these guys is these guys aren't Japanese wrestlers. They're actually from China, which is actually pretty rare in the professional wrestling business because we see the majority of the Asian talent come from japan so it kind of refreshing to, to actually see some chinese wrestlers and these guys were kind of like an over-the-top kind of style but you could tell that, that that things were kind of adapted you can tell that um socal that worked with these guys and it started to really pull off an impressive match and they delivered for that first match of the card they did so going from that um we're not uh, they weren't letting off the pedal on this one we went with the women's this started off as a triple threat match. It was going to be Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray. But before the match could start, Brandy Rhodes came down and announced that this match was going to get awesome. Definitely it did, people. Again, you can you can hear the excitement. <laughs> you know, you're excited. Just something that was that was amazing. Brandy Rhodes comes down, says that she doesn't just want a great match. She wants an awesome match. Mm -hmm. And then we see on the big screens, Awesome Kong. Yeah. And then we see Awesome Kong come out to probably the biggest pop I have heard out of a crowd in a super long time, people. Awesome Kong went out there and she, I mean, she stole the show. She really stole the show for now. 
She stole the show when it came to surprises that really happened. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you talk about Hangman Page being number 21 there, being a surprise in, in the Battle Royale. Yep. That was cool. That was a surprise. Mm-hmm. But then to hear that pop, my yeah. word, yep. it was deafening. And I wasn't even there. No. I was just listening. Yeah. <laughs> Man alive. And then the the match starts. Yeah. And these Okay, I, I just I have to run through this super quick right now uh, because I, I could like, tell that you were getting excited for this because like if we're running for the first three, I can almost like I'm watching you here and Carl's almost like, okay, let's just get to this one because I know you really <laughs> wanted to talk about this one. So go ahead. Normally <clears> you <throat> get a three-way match and it turns into a mess it, does. it turns into a mess you, you throw another person in there it gets even bigger of a mess there's always so much happening so much going on cameras can't keep up with everything yeah. then you just get all four people in the ring and then they're all just beating each other and then nobody knows what's going on or who's where or who's legal none of that happened during this match yeah. they kept everything to a one-on-one situation with the odd little thing happening on the outside once in a while with yep. the other two. And then they would switch it up, and then like they kept switching it up, but kept it a one-on-one match inside the ring. Yep. So that's where our focus was, which was amazing. You had your high spots that came and you know over the top rope and you know landing on a couple of people, and then from there it just transitioned back <clears throat> into the ring again. Yep. It was so well done and such a breath of fresh air to see that a four-way does not have to turn into shambles, yeah. that it can actually be a decent matchup. You know, what's wow. uh, a couple things uh, for, for me, the, the two big things with this is is you saw very four different types of wrestlers in this match. You know, we, we got the... Uh, the, the smiley, energetic um, Kylie Ray. We've got the, you know, the the mid kind of powerhouse there, Nyla Rose. We've got Burt Baker, just kind of the straight up wrestler. And then we, we have Awesome Kong, the, the big brute powerhouse, right? So you, you get the perfect mix there of different types. And also when they went for that four, when they, when they went for that, that corner spot, they actually did it proper because they used the right people in the right spot. We had, you had Nyla Rose on the top and then you had Kylie Lee and, and Britt in the middle. And then you had Kong at the bottom to throw the whole thing over. Right. In WWE, they don't do it that way. You, you, when they, they do it that way, it's the, the wrong people in the wrong spots. So I, I know it's definitely a spot that's been done, but it was done the right way, which is the, the, the yeah. important thing there. It was. It just yeah. felt so natural. Absolutely. The way that all of that happened and progressed. It was it was just it was so well done. I mean, everybody really put their heart into this match and really helped each other out during this match and they made it great. And I think that they've really created a star and Britt Baker too. It accomplished what it needed to. So not to take anything away from the other three in the match, but they're building a star with Britt Baker by getting this win over these four or these other three. I mean, Britt Baker getting that win was great, but you know who my standout for this match was? Who you got? Kylie Ray. Yes. Like, come on now. Yep. The girl goes out there and she's got a little bit of a... Uh, uh, I don't know how to say a little bit of a kiddish gimmick i guess you could say she goes out there she's got the big smiles going on the entire time and you know she's in the ring and then she's you know doing her little pose in the ring which was cool 
right? Like she 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 uh, she hit some moves, yep. and then she did her little pose where she's like got both of her hands underneath her chin. She yeah. tilts her head, you know, cool, awesome to see. But then there was a point where she was getting beat down and she was getting upset and frustrated, and then she like her whole face turned. Yep. And then it went to an angry type of Kylie Ray, and then she started progressing, and she started beating, and she started winning, and she started getting the upper hand on things. Yeah. And after that happened, she went back to being smiley again. And it wasn't as though it was something that looked off. It no. looked very natural yep. that she was just like, man, I'm, I, like, I'm frustrated right now, and I'm just angry, and I've got this. Done. And now she's back to smiling again because she hit those moves, and she made sure that she got the upper hand, and now she's happy again. It's a perfect right? example, Carl, of where we don't necessarily have to – we know that AEW, AEW is going to do some of these backstage vignettes and whatnot, but this match, and not only this match, it's a perfect example of you can do the majority of your storytelling in the ring with the talents during the match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, so – yeah, you don't need to have four people on the outside throwing each other into the guardrails to, yep. you know, tell a story. Mm-hmm. You told your story inside that ring, and that's what every mm-hmm. single one of those women did. Bingo. All right, so going from that to a tag team match, that's one thing that they did, you could say, for a large part here, kind of focused in, in really bringing some energy back to the tag team division here. We have the best friends in Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, versus Angelico and uh, from the heavens, Mr. Jack Evans. Uh, You have probably, in my humble opinion here, probably four of the most talented men in tag team wrestling. Not to take anything away from anybody else, but I mean, uh, just each of these guys, and in good in their own kind of way as well. You know, Chuck Taylor and Chimper, uh, I mean, they were doing the best friends thing in, in ROH, bring it to AEW. Now, if you watch Chuck Taylor, uh, the best way I can kind of describe him, he's very much a mix of old school and new school. You know, he's just uh, the high-flying stuff, but yet still has kind of that uh, Bob Backlund kind of feel to him. You know, even at the beginning of his matches, he didn't do it here to, uh, during the show, but he does, does like the duck walk type of thing, you know, to kind of stretch himself out. It actually serves kind of a purpose there. But, um, but yeah, he's like a mixture of that. And then Trent's just, a, you know, a powerhouse. And then you have Angelico and Jack Evans. I mean, you just have a recipe for a really, really good tag team match. And, and again, they delivered on this. They definitely did. And I mean, we're, we're, we're talking really high on, on everything that's happened. I do, I do have to say that within this match, there were a couple little things um, that, that just kind of looked a little off. Yep. Now, I don't know why or what happened, but those couple little things that seemed off mm-hmm. were made up for by these four guys yep. who put on a great show. Uh, again, it was another story tell inside the ring and yep. it was just, everything flowed. Everything seemed really natural and they, it's all okay. For those of you who don't know, professional wrestling is predetermined. Uh, so yes, it is an art form. It is, it is something that it's, it's, it's ballet in spandex. Okay. Yep. That's fair. These guys look as though they spent the last year rehearsing all of this, but I can guarantee you they didn't No, They did not. 
but just the caliber of workers that these four individuals are and how professional they can be inside of that ring, they were able to make it look as though yep. they had done that and they really hadn't. That's that's a huge, huge testament to the work that they can do inside that ring. You talked about, you know, like uh, Chucky e. T, uh, Chuck Taylor being, you know, kind of a mix of the old school and the new school. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Like if you yep. if you do not know what you were doing inside of that ring, do not get inside that ring. <laughs> yeah, if you cannot yeah. go out there and help the other individual in that match, you do not go in that ring. Like that's the type of old school mentality that there is, mm-hmm. right? All four men have that mentality, and it showed. Yeah, they really made everything meld together and put on a great tag team match. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's actually Jack Evans. Um, that was actually, he's actually trained by, by members of the Hart family. So, you know, you have, uh, you know, with these guys too, uh, to the best of my knowledge too, the, the best friends and Angelico and Evans, I don't believe that they've ever worked together. So the fact that they pulled off what they, they did, I think is very impressive. Yes. So going from that to, this one's a, a bit of a... It stands out uh, in this card here. Not only was I not expecting it, for me, I'll go as far as saying it was almost kind of a bit of a mess with me, but I'll, but I'll get to that. We had, um, I'm going to apologize in advance for the pronunciation of these names because I'm likely going to get them wrong, but I will definitely try here. So we had Hikaru Shida, Ryo Abe, and Ryo Mizunami versus Aja Kong, Yuka Saka. Sakazaki and Imai Sakura. Wow, that's a mouthful of those names. So very much the kind of over-the-top Japanese kind of stuff here. Good match for me, and I I think you could see a little bit in the crowd too. I think it may not quite have gelled or quite gotten with the the audience all that much. Did you get that feeling at all? You're you're right. Um... Okay, I, I, I took notes down of, of all the matches, um, except yep. for the uh, Jericho Omega match, because mm-hmm. that one there, I just, we'll get into it, but I just, yep. I couldn't take my eyes off. <laughs> right. um, this match here, I, I wrote down Six Woman Tag, Asian Showcase. Too much screaming for me. Just shut up and wrestle. Issues with the bell ring confusion. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it was a... Uh, language barrier or or what was really going on but it it just seemed very confusing at times inside yeah. of that match um yep. all six women are 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 great talents yep right but i they even mentioned on the show that these six women don't normally work together no like they they don't tag together no so it and honestly that came across It really did. You could see that they weren't all in sync or in tune, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and and for me, and I know that that's kind of how things go over there and how things are done. Like even even in in you know the conglomerate company, you hear the other Asian stars over there doing lots of yelling and screaming and stuff like that. It's just that's too much for me. I'm like, shut up, 
Yeah. Just wrestle. <laughs> like specifically, I think in the first group, I, I can't remember which one it was here, but uh, their Hurantia music, it was a lot of, it was very high pitched. Like I was watching on a, on a big surround sound system, and everything here. It was very high pitched and everything like that. And I could even, you know, looking kind of in the crowd, you can tell people were kind of like, my ears are getting ready to bleed, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think that, you know, it's. I won't say it's necessarily a swing and a miss. I just think that, um, and, and I, I, I like having the, the Japanese stars in there. Don't get me wrong, but I think the the target audience here, I don't think quite gets what's going on here. And I definitely felt that for myself, and it seems like uh, with you as well. So, um, yeah. Not to say that it was a bad match or anything like that. Just uh, I think they're just the the target audience wasn't necessarily there for it. <clears throat> That's right. So I think that uh, before we get to, to any further, we need to not talk about a match, but they unveiled the AEW championship title. And who presented and who was to do this? A big surprise for the evening, Mr. Bret Hart. I did not see this coming at all. <laughs> I didn't see this either. Um I'm going to be honest here. Yep. I am very disappointed in the way this happened. Okay. Um, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it, please. Okay. And you'll understand what I'm talking about. It was great to see Bret Hart come down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Bret Hart calls out Hangman Adam Page. Uh, I think I can see who is going. the one that will be going to face either Chris Jericho or Kenny Omega mm-hmm. for the all elite wrestling title that Bret Hart was revealing. Yep. Then we have MJF come down. Mm-hmm. And then we have jungle boy come down. Yep. And then we have Jimmy Havoc come down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unfortunately right now, MJF, Jungle Boy, and Jimmy Havoc are all mid-card talents. Yeah. What the hell are they doing coming in and doing something and trying to, to I don't know, build whatever with Hangman Page right now, who is being showcased as one of the top contenders of the company, going for the world championship in all elite wrestling very confusing to me i was very disappointed in all of that it made absolutely no sense to me Mm -hmm. it seemed very disorganized i don't get the reason why they did that at all had they been revealing a secondary title yeah then those three guys would have been perfect for that because they, they, they had their chance to showcase in the Battle Royal. So, uh, I mean, I could kind of get it, you know, if people didn't see that and just tuning in for the main card, you know, they're trying to establish some characters and whatnot. Uh, I, I get that aspect, but I think that that's what they were going for. But this exact situation here maybe wasn't the best choice. Now, having said that too, what was your opinion on MJF bringing up uh, Brett getting attacked at the Hall of Fame? Well, before I get to that, I am going to say that I did not watch the Battle Royale. I did not watch the pre-show. Yep. So all of this, until I saw highlights of the Battle Royale later, this was all confusing to me. Okay. So, yeah, like totally, totally confusing. I get Um, it. MJF 
going out there, we talked about him uh, at the at the beginning there being pretty much the very classic heel. It was a heel move to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there was anything wrong with it. You saw Brad Hart in the ring. He he was he was grinning. He he had a he had a smile on his face. Yep. He was he was loving and enjoying what was happening. If Bret Hart, you know, if, if his face would have gone a little sour, yep. then I think it might have been a little bit different. Yep. But Bret Hart was kind of like, yeah, 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 no, you got me. You yeah, can appreciate okay. the old school heat and Bret can get it. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? So for MJF to do that, I, I had no issue with it. But yeah, again, showcasing MJF as that total heel mm-hmm. of the company and it's uh, right now working for him. Yeah. But just the entire situation. This was supposed to be a reveal of the All Elite Wrestling title. Instead, we saw three guys yeah. beating up MJF. And then they kind of panned a super quick over to Bret Hart again in the ring, mm. who's already got the belt out of the bag and holding it up very disorganized i was very disappointed with that i was really hoping to see an actual reveal where maybe bret hart is holding the belt and hangman page grabs the the bag and slowly pulls the bag off of it to reveal that belt to everyone and then bret hart holds it up and shows it off that is what i was hoping for all of this other crap i could have totally done without yeah the way they kept switching back and forth they, they actually missed the kind of full-on full-on reveal of the belt you know mm-hmm. now, having said that <clears throat> all that what's your opinion on on the belt itself um i'll give you my wife's opinion first who okay. is somebody who who, <laughs> who watches professional wrestling but is not enveloped in it as i am yep she says i like it but there's a lot going on which I can I can totally get and understand. Uh, it seems very, very large. Like the main the main plate itself, yep. gorgeous. Yep. Like I I really really think that it's gorgeous. It's a it's a good looking, old school type of belt. The side plates that are on it are just as big mm-hmm. as the main plates. And I think for for me, and for her it looks as though there's way too much going on because it all kind of just melds itself into like one big, huge looking piece. Whereas I think having some definition between them, having the one big, nice main plate and then the two side plates kind of go, you know, a little bit smaller and then a little bit smaller would have been, I think a lot better, but don't get me wrong. That is a gorgeous looking professional wrestling title belt for me and uh actually just uh, looked here on google just to make sure that i'm given the right information here it very much feels like a a modern version of the mid-south north american heavyweight championship if you go look that up on google you'll kind of see what i'm talking about um it definitely inspired by that so it very much feels like an old school meeting the new school and I can agree to a certain extent that it does look a little bit busy. And I thought the AEW layering on the front was, you know, it was good, but, you know, didn't really blow me out of the water. But just that the belt as a whole, I think it is pretty darn good. I can't criticize it too much. No, I mean, I really can't either. Like, I mean, that was my only criticism from from the whole thing, yeah. right? Um, 
I mean, I, I, I do. I like the belt. I really do. But I think I have to kind of agree with my wife. It just mm-hmm. looks like there's there's too much going on. Yeah. Um, it's it's a gorgeous looking title. It I mean, is. Don't, don't get me wrong. It definitely is. But they have AEW on each one of the side plates. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you really needed that. I think that they could have maybe, you know, cut each side plate down about, you know, a, a three quarters of the size that they are. Yep. And had a beautiful design inside of them instead of having, you know, a circle on top of the, of the first side plate and then AEW and then a circle on the bottom, right? And then going over to the uh, to the the third side plate, kind of kind of the same thing. You've got a little design up top, AEW in the center, and a little design on the bottom again on the plate. Gorgeous looking belt, but I think too much going on. I think we could probably agree on this though, Carl. You know what it definitely looks better than? The 24-7 championship <laughs> belts from the conglomerate. Oh, you read my mind, dude. You read my mind. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. All right. So next up here for Double or Nothing, Carl, we have what I'm going to say is my match of the evening here. We had Cody versus the natural Dustin Rhodes. This match was really something else, Carl. And I will say just right off the bat here that I don't think that I've, you know, mind you, I've seen a lot of really, really good wrestling matches. And this was actually a match in particular. My my mom, is she's an occasional wrestling fan, and she came down and watched this match with me. It got to the point where, I mean, she had moved her chair up really close to the TV and was like getting right into it. I have never seen a wrestling match elicit such an emotional response from everyone involved. And I'm talking the talents in the ring, the referee, the announcers, the people in the arena, the people sitting at home here watching. That's, it's the most emotional match that I think I have ever seen ever. I think it all, it all started at the beginning of this match with the entrances. You have Cody come out and there's a little jab to the conglomerate that happens there. A little jab to uh, a CEO of, mm-hmm. of the company. Um, Cody takes a sledgehammer and breaks a throne yep. that, that's up on the stage. And that right there kind of set a precedence for, for this match. You yep. could already tell. Um, then he gets into the ring. And then Dustin's entrance literally gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. It was it was just he didn't do anything different. No. He didn't do anything out of the ordinary to what he normally does. He had half of his face painted and the other half was was natural, mm-hmm. the natural Dustin Rhodes. Um but you just you felt the emotion out of this. They're touting the entire thing as you know, one last ride, right? So you already had that mindset going into this and then getting into the ring, both of them in this matchup, I had four words that I wrote down for this. Okay. Magical, emotional, powerful. Wow. Those were the four words. Yeah. Like, (laughs) my goodness. And of course, I mean, we can't talk about this match and not talk about the blood that happened. Um, Dustin getting busted open the hard way. Um, 
Brandy hit him with the, the, the cane that she had, busted him open the hard way. And um, it's been a while since I've seen that much uh, blood in a match. But um, I would say if it was any other match, it may have taken away from it. But this added to the realism of it all. And these two guys, I mean, just, it's a wrestling clinic. It, it's a really, really felt like an old school wrestling match. It almost felt as though these two guys grew up with each other and wrestled each other all of their life. <laughs> right. Because that's exactly what they yeah. did. I yep. mean, yeah, brother versus brother in this matchup. Yep. It was so emotional yep. watching it. And and not even like it's 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 hard to explain because it's not even like a like like a uh, a cry like a crying emotional. It was just an inside, deep in your heart feeling mm-hmm. emotional matchup that happened. You could you you could feel everything that was happening in that ring. Mm-hmm. And then the exposed turnbuckle. Yeah. And Dustin's face getting smashed in there. Brandy giving him a uh oh, oh that that shot with, with the cane to, yeah. to, to the head. Yeah, yeah like I mean a spear. Brandy gave a spear as well. Like, I mean, and then she was evicted from the ring. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think what kind of helped this as well is that you had Earl Hebner Mm -hmm. as the referee in this matchup. So Earl kind of let things go a little bit when it came to the entire matchup, because he understands the impact and the emotion that was happening. So we, we had Cody getting the pin over Dustin Rhodes here. And then this is where it, it starts really tugging at the heartstrings, at least for, for myself here. Not that the, the match didn't do it, because it absolutely did. But uh, we had Cody walk probably, I'd say, about halfway up the ramp and then came back into the ring. And at this point, Dustin is actually untying his boots, which, I mean, throughout the, this match, this had retirement match written all over it for me. And even yep. afterwards, I watched the interview, and that was actually the original intention. Dustin was going to retire in this match. But then Cody did this without Dustin's knowledge, apparently. <clears throat> it, was, it was what I, I'm hearing right from Dustin's uh, mouth himself here. Cody come back in and says, okay, so we're doing the show in Jacksonville. I, I signed on with this. I need you to do me a favor. So I signed on to do a match with what he feels is one of the best tag teams in the world, the Young Bucks. And he says, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. And then you hear Cody's voice get very emotional, almost to the point of crying. He's like, I need my brother. I need my older brother. And almost crying in his voice. And then you have the two embracing in the ring. One of the most emotional moments, I would say, not since... In WWE with Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, have I experienced something like that that elicited such an emotional response from everybody involved? That's the last time I've experienced something like that. And WWE does it so rarely. So the fact that they pulled it off in this show with this, I think is a very, very significant moment, not only for AEW, just for professional wrestling itself, for such an emotional response. And they pulled it off perfectly oh, dude. <laughs> on their very first show. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you said, the, the, the conglomerate, because we're not talking about those guys today. No. But the conglomerate, they they have done it 
very sparsely mm-hmm. and let those emotions actually flow. Yeah. But throughout this entire show, they let them go out there and elicit emotion out of not only the talent, but out of the crowd as well. Mm-hmm. So every member of the audience, every member of the people at home watching this, they elicited emotion out of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And it was just, this one was just over the top in a good way. Yep. This wasn't like an over the top cheesy kind of whatever. This gripped you. And it it literally gripped me. Mm-hmm. The, like you said, your mom sat there and she was like right up at the TV. She was like a foot away from the TV when this was going yeah, on. Yeah, I was the same yeah. way. Yeah. It was like I, I was glued to this. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't like it was just. And, and you, you fought back, you know, try you fought back emotion. Right. Like there were times where, where you just wanted to like like jump through the screen and like just scream and yeah. strangle and, and like you were just yep. frustrated with yep. it. But then things turned around and then you you were like you were you were elated, you were happy, and it was just a whole mixed bag of emotions. They captured that in me, which is something that other companies have not been able to do in a long time. In a very, very long time. Like I said for myself, I think with uh Rick Flair and Shawn Michaels for Rick's retirement match, I think that's the last time that uh that it, I came close to that kind of feeling at all. You know? Yeah. Like I said, my mom was watching here with me. I mean, and she, she was actually pulling for Dustin, right? And she was like, uh, you know, and Cody was very much being the heel in the match. She, and she was just like, no, don't know. Like it was, she, she's getting right into it. And like I said, my mom is an occasional wrestling fan. I mean, she was just going nuts for this thing. So to, to elicit a response like that, even from somebody who's just a, a casual fan, is a big deal for this thing. And I got to say too, just the overall show in general, if you pay attention to social media and other news outlets and stuff like that, this whole thing is eliciting a response from people who don't even pay attention to wrestling at all. The outside world is taking notice of this whole thing. Oh yes. You can't yeah. uh, ignore that. So going from that, we had next, we had the young bucks, which is of course, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson versus the Lucha brothers, Pentagon junior and Ray Phoenix. And this was actually for the AAA world tag team championship. This was sort of redemption for the Young Bucks, in my opinion, because if you watched All In, we know that they got cut a little short there because of uh, Marty and uh, Okada's match went too long, and they had the the heart out, uh, which they actually had here as well. So this was their opportunity to to really, really showcase without being really under the gun. And I think they they did it very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a good matchup. I mean, it was... Like you, you had your your spot fests that were in it. Of course. Um, <clears throat> honestly, it was not that memorable for me. It was it was oh, a good. good match. It was solid. It mm-hmm. was you know the the four of them worked together very well. So I mean, it was just a typical good tag team match for me. There mm-hmm. really wasn't anything huge yeah for me anyways and especially after what we had just experienced it, it almost felt like a i wouldn't necessarily, necessarily a drop it was like okay we're, we're coming down a little bit emotionally and that's what I, yeah and for me it definitely felt that way like not that the match didn't deliver i thought it was good 
but after just being so emotionally invested in Cody and Dustin, I mean, um, anything else was going to be a bit of a come down after that. So, and, and apparently Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix both injured in this match as well. Um, cause actually there's an appearance, uh, in a show that they were going to that actually ended up having to be canceled because apparently these two guys are injured from this particular match. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, like I said, uh, you know, great tag team wrestling. Like I said, you can make an argument here that they really showcased it on this show. I uh, know we had uh, at least, you know, we're looking, uh, we got one, two, three, we had, we had three tag team matches essentially on this show, you know, so it's good to see that uh, tag team wrestling is going to be something showcased in this company because as we know, the big company, which we will not name today, is really, really dropping the ball with tag team wrestling. So it's good to see that the, uh, it seems to be alive and well and actually growing in this case here. <clears throat> Very nice. So going from that to the main event. So before we get to talking the main event, I will say right off the bat too, now I'm very much, I, I really, really like the way that they booked the show here, Carl, because I'm very much of the mindset of where we, we start off and then we build to that crescendo here. And I will say that they really, really pretty much nailed that with the show. I mean, we arguably like, I don't think you could really argue Cody and Dustin really kind of stole the, the show, but I mean, that was right near the top as well. So we had a nice kind of build. That's where we needed to get to. So we had Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. <clears throat> so those who aren't aware, these are two Canadians from Winnipeg. This is just two guys leaving it all in the ring. And two Canadians. I, I, I'm, yep. I'm going to stress that. Canadians. Two Canadians. Yep. Two guys from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. My goodness. <sighs> this, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you're right. I, I, I will 100% say that Dustin and Cody stole the show. Yeah. They literally made the show. Mm hmm. But the story that Jericho oh. and Omega told. Yeah. This is this this is number two. This is Alpha versus Omega two that happened. The first time around, we saw Kenny Omega get the win. Mm -hmm. This time around, we have a great matchup that goes back and forth. Oh. And it wasn't just spot fest after spot fest after spot fest. Yep. This was two guys who have honed their craft over the years, really showing us what professional wrestling can be. I'm going to spoil it for you. If you haven't watched it yet, too bad. <laughs> yeah. Chris Jericho wins this yes. match with a new move called the Judas Effect. Yep. I have to touch on this for a second. Okay. Chris Jericho is part of the band Fozzy. He's the lead singer of Fozzy. Yes. One of their biggest singles to date has been a song called Judas. Judas. I love that song. Jericho goes and he's training and he's training MMA and he's training boxing and he's training kickboxing and he's training wrestling and he's training everything that he possibly can for this match. Mm -hmm. We did not see anything having to do with the Judas effect move until the very last thing. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. The little details. I always talked about the little details on this show. Me too. That one of those little details that we did not see a glimmer 
of the Judas effect until it happened, and then Jericho won. Phenomenally done. And I, I like that it ended the match. It wasn't a yes. false finish. To me, that, that's, I'm very much like yourself when it comes to this kind of stuff. I really pay attention to those minor details almost to a fault sometimes, uh, especially when we were talking about uh, what we talked about last week. You know, uh, very much paid attention to those details. And I mean, you know, with Chris too, I mean, you could tell after the bell rang, I mean, like he just just lit up like his chest was like bright red like the 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 Canadian uh, flag on my hat here, you know, and just visibly you look at him and the camera got right on and I mean you could tell just like whew, this was a war, and, and going along with that too with the camera coming close one thing that I think that they did really well I'm not sure if you feel the same way on this as, as I do they did a really good job at occasionally doing a close up to a member in the crowd and, and seeing that reaction from somebody in the crowd they, they did that yes. peppered throughout the show I really really liked that they they did that. You had you had yeah. men and women both covering their face, yeah. covering their it, perfect, it, it, perfect. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there were <clears throat> lots of little issues when it came to uh, production, when it came to audio, when it came to some of the video that was happening. Some as of the well. commentary as well. Yeah, like there, there, there was there, there was little issues that were happening there, mm-hmm. but those were spot on. Yeah, you go from having this this amazing move set that happens, and then you pan to the crowd after a two count, and then you zoom in on one person who's like looking like they are in shock. Yeah, because the, 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 this isn't this isn't like recorded television. This is live, people. These yep. people that are in the crowd are not paid actors. These yep. are real people giving us their real emotions yep. and showing us true emotions. Mm-hmm. And to see them capture that in a few people was great. Again, little details. Absolutely. So, after that match happens, Kenny is lying in the ring. Chris Jericho is in the corner and cuts a promo here, basically saying that uh, this whole thing is success success because of me. This show is for me. And I want basically a thank you from everybody in the crowd. Yep. And then... We start to hear the crowd kind of rumble a little bit. So we hear a little mm-hmm. start to hear a little rumble, and then you see some of the people in the crowd kind of moving, and you see somebody come walking through the crowd and comes around, and then you see like people kind of follow him, and then who shows up? Like you said, it, it, uh, before we got on air here, it, the rumble kind of started, and then when it got really really loud, I've got a record saying, and I even posted on Facebook that this was probably one of the loudest crowd responses I've ever heard, not just in wrestling, but in anything. We saw formerly from the big company, formerly Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, get into the ring and face-to-face with Chris Jericho. Wow. Again, with this here, little details. Little details. Uh, you you kind of saw a little bit of a jab at the conglomerate. Absolutely. When Dean Ambrose decided, or John Moxley yep. came from the top and through the crowd. Um, yeah, we all kind of know <laughs> what that is, yep. right? We don't need to put any shield type of badge on that. Ooh, bingo. Um, but yeah, like he he came through the crowd, and and just like you said, it started to rumble. Yeah. And you started to kind of hear it. And then yeah. people were, were looking back and they, they, they were noticing and realizing who was there. And then he hops over the barricade, jumps into the ring 
and it instantly blew oh. up. And, and then Chris Jericho immediately, and, and I, I'm pretty decent at reading lips. You, you can see, see him say, what are you doing here? And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you could almost, I, I think I heard him mouth the words, are you here? Like, did you fix my, because we, we know in the other company that he uh, damaged his, his ring entrance jacket. And I, I think I heard, uh, I, I, I saw him say, did you fix my jacket? Or are you here to pay me back for that? Or something along those lines. I, I think he may also kind of said that, but I mean, you just had to stare down. He, he gave him a DDT and then Mox gets up onto, onto the ring to the rope. And you see him like this. He's just like, he's like breathing it in. And you could tell it, it, it's, it's like he was chained down and now it's like, he's cutting loose now. Now we're really going to see, what this guy is capable of in this company. We definitely are. And I mean, it's, I'm not going to say that we haven't seen this before because we really have, we've seen John Moxley before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a different, it feels so much of a different Moxley though. Mm -hmm. We've seen Moxley in CZW. Yep. Right, like he was, he was very much so the hardcore shock core type of of wrestler. Absolutely. Now, I think he's he's really grown and he's he's molded himself into who he is today, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens now with John Moxley. Spoiler alert, I am going to tell you that John Moxley is not just working for All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. He has signed a deal with them, but he is also working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And to my understanding, is going to be facing Juice Robinson <laughs> for their title. That has me really excited too because, you know, not it seems like he has a deal very similar to Chris Jericho's. And this is going to allow him to. Have, I mean, there's some dream matchups that he can have. Their New Japan, like with guys like Okada, like Naito, and and you name it. Uh, John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. Pfft. I want to see that one. Yep. Definitely, that is like that's 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 going to be huge. Yeah. If that happens, yeah, that will be huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the possibilities honestly are endless. We know what what John Moxley can do. Mm-hmm. We've seen what he can do while he was in the conglomerate. We've seen what he can do on the independent scene. I am elated to know that we have a John Moxley mm-hmm. back on the independent scene so that we can see more of what this guy can do. I, I'm I'm super excited for and, this. And that image right at the end of the show too with with him standing up on the poker chips there and, and that's what they go off the air with. Uh, I, I have to give props to to Cody and Nick and Matt to to let him have that moment. I thought that was they could have just as easily finished it off with them, you know, going, Oh hey, it's all about us. No, they they, they let Mox have that moment and I, I will applaud them for that because I think that, that was a really cool way. The the only way that it could have maybe been a little bit more is maybe if at some point maybe somebody could have maybe like a referee maybe holding like the title maybe up in the air and maybe having the two contenders facing off. That could have been a possibility too, but that just didn't fit with the way things were unfolding there. So so great moment and um very much that Lex Luger type of moment. But like you and I had actually talked about, you know, before we even hit the record here, that a very similar kind of moment, but different for the fact that 
when we go to Lex Luger showing up on Monday Night Nitro back in what ended up being the Attitude Era, we didn't know that that, that crossover was happening. We figured, because Luger was just on the previous night with WWF at the time, and we didn't yeah. know. Whereas with this case, we knew that Dean Ambrose or John Moxley now was leaving the company, but we just didn't know where he was going to land. So a very similar thing, but just the circumstances were very different. So you could say that it was almost kind of expected, but it was still a genuine surprise and the crowd reaction speaks for itself. <clears throat> it definitely did. So like you said, that and the awesome Kong, two great pops for the evening. And so just overall a fantastic show. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. I mean, there were some hiccups with uh, you know, a little bit with commentary, but that's the first time these three guys working together. So I'm more than willing to give them a pass for that. You know, the odd kind of uh, microphone sound issue. Again, this is their very first show. Willing to cut them some slack. You know, Tony Khan um, working behind the scenes. I, I guess he was almost kind of like in the gorilla position. Apparently, um, kind of help with the how things kind of flow and everything. And for his first time doing that, did extremely well. So I, I heard that he's very active behind the scenes, which is fantastic. And if this is the result, hey, fantastic. So just overall, I think they hit it out of the park. Not perfect. But this is the build to something really, really cool. But the best way I can definitely it is. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to take a brief break here, Carl, and we're going to come back with our showstopper segment, and we're going to talk just a little bit more with some bigger picture when it comes to just the company itself with AEW here. So stay tuned. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about pin. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of thegorillaposition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafella back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, in an exciting episode that we have had this week, talking all elite wrestling. That is all that we have talked about this week. Who cares about what else is happening (laughs) in the wrestling world right now? We are going to continue to talk a little bit more of all elite wrestling here in our show stopper segment yeah all right carl so the dust has settled after double or nothing here now this is we're recording monday um this will be coming on tuesday and we've had a time to digest this whole event here and what's unfolded and what's happened having said all that is AEW, now now that all this has happened here, are they going to be a real contender in the professional wrestling business? 
you said yourself that the dust has settled, and I think that you are completely wrong. Oh. The dust has not settled on this yet. People are still talking about this pay-per-view that happened. People are still talking about that match between Dustin and Cody. They're still talking about Bret Hart revealing the belt. They're still talking about Jericho Omega. They're still talking about Awesome Kong. They're still talking about (laughs) Best Friends. They're still talking about John Moxley. This entire thing has really put a new light and a new perspective into what almost seems to be a dying breed until now. Yeah. There is a rejuvenation in the world of professional wrestling. Will it be slow going? Yes, it will. Because they need to build. They need to rebuild it piece by piece brick by brick they need to rebuild the wall of professional wrestling as they move away from entertainment definitely all the building blocks have been put in there like we had mentioned mjf kind of being almost positioned as one of the the company's uh, main heels kind of in that mid kind of role there you know great work in the, the crowd you know we, we we have the invader in in john moxley we you know we we have all, all the the high flyers all the, the big guys like pretty much like every type of wrestler and we have john moxley talking some real change which will actually ins- insert the audio right here One day, they will all come to my funeral just to make sure that I stay dead. But today is not that day. I'm alive! My heart is still beating and I'm breathing. Fresh air for the first time in a long time. My name is John Moxley and I am on a mission to reclaim my soul. And I know I'm not the only one who thinks, you know, it's about time this industry got a facelift. So make no mistake about it, this is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We have a mission to knock the pillows of this industry on their ass. We ain't reading history books anymore, baby. We writing them. This is what you call a paradigm shift. Yeah, so uh, just we... Like, just, there's uh, As I mentioned, the, the tone was really set with that battle royal where we, we have... Every there, there's there's a there's a bit in there. There's a flavor that, that there's there's something there for every single type of wrestling fan. So th- this company is going to encompass it all, and I'm really really curious. And now, is this going to unseat the big uh, company? Time will, will yeah. possibly tell. I don't think that that's the approach or the or the way to look at it at all. We've made the comparison before. This is very much going to be like a like a like a Pepsi and a Coke type of thing. There is going to be that number one, but there is just as great of an opportunity to being a number two. And you don't need to even perceive yourself as a number two. You just go out there and you forge your own path. You, you've established your audience now. You've established all your characters. You even got some storylines going. 
And you just build off of that. And if you try and compare yourself too much or, or try to, you know, stir the pot too much, you know, you could end up in some trouble. They just, they, they just need to be all elite wrestling and they don't necessarily have to have blinders on either, but at the same time, you know, they just need to forge their own path and then success will happen. Definitely they will. And I think they're already on that path right now. Things are looking up as we've said throughout this entire episode right now, the world of professional wrestling is really looking up. It is going amazingly. Things are progressing back to a good point where people will be excited about professional wrestling. So happy with the way things are going. And you're right, they do not need to be those ones that are going head-to-head with the WWE. We had that. Mm -hmm. There was that with WCW. And we saw what happened and the outcome of that. There is no more WCW. That is something that I do not want to see because of the outcome that has happened with past companies that have tried to go head-to-head with the WWE. Not needed. No, I I think that we could still make a statement that I think we're entering another kind of golden age in professional wrestling, though. But they don't necessarily have to just because there's competition there doesn't necessarily mean that it just they need to be just clashing and butting heads. You know, this is going to be that alternative here. You know, that we've all been clamoring for and everything like that. So you know, that they can exist as separate entities and they they don't have to be butting heads necessarily. You know, and and even before coming on to do the podcast here, Carl, I I think this is kind of indicative of what's going on here. I went into all elite wrestling's website. I mean, and going through, and the page was loading very, very slowly, okay? So uh, I do a speed test on my internet, and it, it's it's going fast. So clearly, there is a lot of traffic happening on this website because it is running slow. <laughs> There's a lot of people checking out this website. You know, they po- they've updated it. There's a bunch of more uh, content. They've even got some... Uh, for the uh, heterosexual male wrestling fan out there, there is a, a photo shoot with a women of Ollie wrestling all in bikinis. So go and check that out. Um, you know, a list of all the roster, upcoming shows, where you can buy tickets, uh, stuff about, uh, uh, yeah, just everything. They, they're starting to beef up that website now too. So And it's driving a lot of traffic because it is running slow. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. So just wanted to put that out there. <clears throat> well, and that's that's phenomenal. I mean, that's, that's exactly what's needed right now. Yep. Like, you... you Everything is, and and I, w- I want to say their social media pages are blowing up as well. Yeah. They're they're really doing a lot with their social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. They're doing great stuff on those as well. And now to have a a backbone showcase on the internet of their website and really building on that and making it become a great website is amazing. I couldn't have said it better myself, and uh, the the future does look bright for professional wrestling in this new company. Like I said, you know the, the 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 groundwork has been laid there. It's very exciting. This was a great show, and the future looks very bright. So I'm very excited to see what will happen. And whenever stuff has happened, you can guarantee we'll be talking on this podcast. Oh yes. All right, Carl. That's a good way to wrap up for this week. But before we go, as always, we need to make sure and talk about our sponsors. Our sponsors include HypeCityVapors.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST and get 15% off 
your entire e-juice purchase from HypeCityVapors.com. They have some amazing juices over there. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, beautiful flavors. Go and check them out. As always, I've got my collar and elbow brand hat on right now. The thing really never comes off of my head. Colorandelbowbrand.com, founded by Al Snow, is an amazing professional wrestling gear company right now. They're taking professional wrestling fashion and giving it to the people. Some amazing merchandise over there. I tell you what, you go and check out Colorandelbowbrand.com. Go and take a look at anything that they have in their clearance section. Pick up a couple of things from their clearance section. Use promo code JKPODCAST and get 10% off the entire order. You're not going to be spending a whole lot of money, but you're going to be getting amazing quality merchandise, and that will be the test for you. Test them out. Buy some clearanced merchandise using our promo code to get 10% more off the already low prices that they have there and see for yourself. Absolutely. And of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on our original home on Podbean and of course on Google Play Music on iTunes and the majority of those other podcatchers out there, we tend to show up on there as well. And of course, we are powered by the GorillaPosition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network and also presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, where you can find us and of course, all the other great shows there as well. And our little world in the social media realms, people, don't forget to go and check out at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to keep up to date with everything Turnbuckle Talk. All right, Carl, that's a wrap for this week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. See you real soon. It's the RBV, Rick Vickery here from the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. As everyone knows out there, the RBV loves a party, and I can't think of a bigger celebration that I'd rather be a part of than the big 100 with my boys, Big Joe and Carl, right here on Turnbuckle Talk. So raise those glasses in the air. Let's hear it for 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more. <laughs>